line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Next one. I can't believe we're hovering around this, but maybe now, possibly, could this finally be the year the Steelers finish under 500 under Mike Tomlin? But you know, sometimes it happens in the world of broadcasting. Happy to be alongside you and our main man, South Beach Rob. And we got a lot to get to. As the Jerry Reed song said, a long way to go and a short time to get there. But we're going to get there right now as we welcome you into the Sports King Show brought to you by Coastal Carolina University. Folks, <clears throat> don't know if you stayed up last night, but if you did, you were cheering the SK, that would be me, the Sports King, for his pick on Friday documented. Now, it didn't go exactly as I had planned. And if you watched the game late into the night, you saw something that made you scratch your head and it made betters across America scratch their head as the Chiefs, who were up 17 to nothing, hold on for a 23-20 win over the JTS Jets, Jets, Jets. And if you remember, on Friday's show, I got a lot of consternation over this one. A lot of people looked at me sideways. I got texts and calls, and they said, how in the heck can you ever pick the JTS Jets, Jets, Jets over the Chiefs getting 8.5 or 9? And I said then, and I'll say now, I expected Zach Wilson to play a great game. And I told you, if you go back and listen to the podcast and the actual report of that uh, Friday afternoon, I said, I don't know why, but I just feel this is going to happen. And it did happen just as I thought it would. The, of course, Jets hang on and could have won the game. Zach Wilson with a late fumble spells doom for the Jets, but he played well. He played a lot better than I've ever seen. He finally looked like a guy that you could depend on. The Chiefs win 23-20. But the story within the story is people were sitting there with the Chiefs, eight and a half, some nine, we're watching as the Chiefs went down the field and Patrick Mahomes was heading towards the end zone. At the one-and-a-half-yard line, he decided to take a knee and run out the clock. He had nobody in front of him, could have easily dove or just held the ball over the goal line. And it takes that number from 23 to 29 or 30, and every Chief better in all of Vegas cries in terms of the people having to pay tickets because they'd be there all night paying a lot of parlays were tied into the Chiefs and the points everybody thought it was an easy one and as I always tell you on this show whenever it's too good to be true it's false and it was false last night the Chiefs win Mahomes slides and the Chiefs close it as an eight-point favorite of the Jets and overwhelmingly an hour before kickoff 91 percent of the bets and 84% of the money. And the SK went against that. 
Now, it worked out in my favor this time, and I gave you that winner, handing out, uh, of course, winners over the weekend like Christmas cookies at a holiday party. But at Caesars Sportsbook, BetMGM, DraftKings also reported heavy action on the Chiefs. As he went to the goal line, took a knee, there were tears flowing from every part of the United States and the world, as you would. As some people were, of course, betting heavy, $350,000 bet came in on the Jets late, as did a 240000 bet uh, with the Jets 8.5, and that's where all the money went there. So a valiant effort for the Jets, but they are now 1-3. Robert Sala lamented a call late, and he was furious over a holding call that, of course, didn't go his way. Zach Wilson felt horrible afterwards, saying the fumble cost us the game, and uh, he may be exactly right. Rob, this one a surprise, but the slide by Mahomes even more surprising. A lot of people very <laughs> salty this morning. Your thoughts on how that one ended? Yeah, the, Mike Tirico even brought it up about how <laughs> that um, that probably impacted a lot of people, both in fantasy football and other realms of uh, the sports world. So that's one of the things a lot of people kept an eye on because the spread is one of the most important things nowadays uh, in sports. So that was. That was an interesting play, but it was a smart play by Mahomes. Obviously, if you score the touchdown, you're probably in great shape, but strange things can happen if the extra point is blocked, they get an onside kick, something like that. Weird things can happen. But he assured that they were going to win if, when he got down and they could take a knee. So a smart play, a smart veteran play by Mahomes, and he was very emotional after that. He uh, he had a tough game, and he you could tell he had a tough game against that Jets defense. It's a very good Jets defense. And like you said, Zach Wilson finally – had a game where he could finally feel good about it. Jets fans could feel like, okay, there is some kind of substance there. And he made some tough throws. It's not like he had all 50-50 balls caught and all screens caught. He made some good reads. He made some good throws. He went through some audibles. He actually even had some audibles that sounded like it was Aaron Rodgers out there. So he's obviously never going to be what Aaron Rodgers is. He's not going to be what a lot of starting quarterbacks are. But for a night, he looked like he was capable of giving them hope where they don't have to feel embarrassed about their offense. Absolutely. And it was very astute of Robert Oley to listen to that. Many people let that go by and wash over them without really paying attention to it. But Mike Tirico very quietly said, and that for fantasy folks is going to make a lot of people very upset. Speaking of Mahomes' last play, and then he went on to say, and other folks as well will not be happy with that play's outcome. That's an understatement. They say the sports books all over the country, uh, there was a lot of profanity, a lot of people uh, kicking and breaking and upset and screaming at the TV. But, uh, of course, it went the way of the Chiefs ultimately, but not with a point. So that was a very interesting point you brought up, Rob, about that. Zach Wilson, uh, you know, he fumbled and he said, hey, it was my fault. And he stood up and took the slings and arrows coming his way, and he basically tried to say, I did my best, but came up short. So let's go quickly through the weekend it was. It started Thursday. The Lions win 34-20 over the Packers. We went over that. Yesterday, the Commanders, uh, who played well, Sam Howell played well. They did everything they could, got the game to overtime. There was a throw down the left sideline, and, of course, in the first possession of overtime, and it was – as they say, a game of inches, if they would have gotten that, potentially they could have driven down, maybe scored a touchdown, maybe a field goal. But Jake Elliott wins it with a 54-yard field goal, and Eagles go to 4-0, but they were given everything they can handle by the commanders. Good show, good bounce back by Howell. And so you wonder what you have at quarterback. you got a guy, a young guy, that we know is going to make mistakes, 
up and down, and you never know with him right now. He had that one bad game, but he came back strongly. And you look at him and you say, hey, we got something here until maybe we don't. So we don't know which Sam how to believe in. I'm going to take the high road and say I believe he's still going to be that solid guy. It's one game. Some people last week after the debacle in Buff- against Buffalo were asking for his head. Now they're like, okay, uh, that's the Sam Howe we're used to. So he played well. And a team that went to the Super Bowl, lose by three. And we had a chance to win this one as we played very well, being the Commanders. Your thoughts and takeaways from the Eagles' win over the Commanders? Yeah, my biggest takeaway was Sam Howe. That's the thing I talked about uh, last week is after that really tough game, that's that's what rookies are going to do. They're going to have awful games like Sam Howe had. I just wanted to see how he was going to respond from that, and he responded very well. In fact, he nearly got out of Philadelphia with a win. That was a... A very encouraging game for the commander's offense. Obviously not the most encouraging game ever for the offensive line or for the defensive line, but they are facing a very good pass rush with the Eagles and a very good offense with the Eagles, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and had a great chance to win that game. So for the commander's fans, there's no such thing as a moral victory, but for Sam Howe, he showed a lot, and you can be happy about that. You can hang your hat on that because the kids showed, if nothing else, he's able to bounce back, and that's everything in the NFL. And quickly, let's get through the rest of the games. And we saw something yesterday. Don't look now, Houston. They're 2-2. Two and two. Texans, who I didn't give much of a chance for anything. C.J. Stroud, I'll give credit where credit's due, is getting better in his young career. And I was ready to say, is this another Ohio State bust? But, uh, you know, it's only a few games in his career. But he's looking better. And uh, that's a credit to the Texans. Give them credit dominating the Steelers 30-6. to In this game, Kenny Pickett goes down with a knee injury. Any update on that, Rob? It looks bad to me. And he limped off, could not put any weight on his leg. And uh, just wondering where the Steelers go from here. Yeah, no update right now. It's just I've I've seen the report on his injured knee, and he's returned to Pittsburgh as of last night and as of this morning to get more testing. But as of this moment, still no updates on Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you've got Mitch Trubisky. Good luck with everything there. Next up, the Jaguars overseas win it, uh, of course, 23-7. And the team that Rob has circled as being the most improved and the team that he feels can make a run, even their, uh, course, record at 2-2. Two and two, The Falcons, 2-2, two and 23-7. Two, Congratulations there. In a game that started well, looked like it was going to be a great one. It was for a while in spurts. Rob, you thought, as much as you love your Dolphins, the Bills would win, but you felt this one would be a competitive one. I thought it would be a competitive one. Uh, the Dolphins came into, of course, New York thinking that, hey, last week, 70 points. This week we should be able to go out and compete head-to-head with the Bills, and the Bills put the hammer down 48-20. to I guess, and I'm thinking you're probably most disappointed with the final score and the fact that they weren't in it at the end, and I'm sure that's what your takeaway was from this one. Yeah, that was part of it. Uh, the defense, too. The defense was very disappointed. No pressure on Josh Allen. I mean, he could set up a picnic back there. He was able to pick apart the defense, and Josh Allen continues to just dominate the Miami Dolphins. He's dominated the Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots. For some reason, the New York Jets give him trouble, but in division, it's, it's getting a little bit Brady-like how – Brady dominated that division. The only problem is Josh Allen is not parlaying that into wins in the postseason. But he, Josh Allen has figured out the AFC East, and this is, this is sort of why I said that, look, I'm excited about Aaron Rodgers heading to New York. I understand that Miami has a bunch of offensive firepower, but until I see it, I'm picking Buffalo. They've been the classiest division for about three years now, and they proved it again yesterday. 
The Dolphins, they're a good team, but they still have a lot of they still have a lot of work to do. They still have growing pains to get through. They're not quite ready for that. And it was just clear again, the Buffalo Bills are just a better team than the Dolphins. And I think Mike McDaniel and company can take it away from this. Hey, we got a lot of work to do. This could be one of those games at the quarter pole type of game where you say, hey, right out of the gate in the first four, uh, we did some great things and not so great, and we are not where we need to be. So this will, I think, use, be used as a fuel for the Dolphins, and hopefully they'll be able to come back strong from this one and find a way to solve the mystery that is Buffalo. Uh, the Broncos and Bears, and the Bears looked like they were going to have a win at home until they didn't. They were up at one point, of course, 28-14 late in the game, giving up 17 fourth-quarter points. The Broncos complete the win, and they get it 31-28. This one I thought was one-sided, and I thought the Bears finally had it, and they didn't, except for the Commanders, of course, the Bears. The Ravens uh, on the road at Cleveland, another game where I had Cleveland and thought, hey, these guys have really arrived. Well, no Deshaun Watson. They managed just three points, and they're blown out by the Ravens 28-3. In this one, Mark Andrews had a TD in that game. This is the one, Rob, I want to get your thoughts on because the Titans, who I had, and I thought they would win, against the Bengals. Where do the Bengals go from here? One and three, oh and two, an offensive line that's a sieve. Joe Burrow looks awful. He doesn't have any time to throw. When he does, it's not going well. The one and three Bengals are staring down a sea of nothingness. Your thoughts on this team in a lot of trouble early, and the Titans win 27-3. They weren't even competitive. Yeah, this this was really bad. Um, the Titans are kind of a week-to-week team. You can't figure out what they're going to do. They've gotten blown out, and they've also blown teams out. It's been hard to figure out what's going to go on with the Titans. Close loss week one, a close win week two, and then a blowout loss week three and a blowout loss week four. But on the Cincinnati side, like you said, this offensive line's been bad for years, but Joe Burrow and that offense has made up for it. But he's not he's not doing well. He's struggling this year to begin with. Even without the injury, he's not playing all that great. But a big part of it is the injury. He That calf is really bothering him, and you can tell it's he, his movement is compromised, his throwing power is compromised because of that, his stance, everything is compromised because of it. Now, with the Bengals, I know you can't punt. It's hard to punt on a professional season, but I just wonder at this point, especially if they happen to lose to the Cardinals next week, what is the harm in sitting Joe Burrow a few games? I know you'll fall out of the playoff picture, but... They need to understand it's they're playing the long game with Joe Burrow. It's about the future. You've seen what Joe Burrow can do. You've seen the heights he can take you to already. And I think there's even higher points of them winning a Super Bowl. But right now he's not okay, and that calf is a ticking time bomb. If it gets tweaked or hit the wrong way, we've seen it with so many athletes we just saw Aaron Rodgers' calf injury turned into an Achilles injury. And, of course, over, when you invest over $200 million, you want something back for your return. And right now, as Rob said, that calf is much more problematic than any of us know. And the Bengals and Joe Burrow really are, are staring down a deep hole, and they've got a lot of work to do. You look at Burrow, and as Rob said, not throwing the ball, not pushing off, not looking good. And if they shut it down, it'll kind of remind you back in the day with Steven Strasburg. There was that season when they kind of made that playoff push with Strasburg, but they gave him those innings pitched limit. And I was one at the time that said, hey, man, don't do that. Let this guy pitch through it and help us get in the playoffs. And it was a short-sighted thought because I thought if he could have got us through maybe a series and pitched and won a couple games, we could have maybe made a deep run in the playoffs. We didn't. And I was very upset about that because I thought maybe – he could have done something because he's pitching really well when they decided to shut him down. 
But then the next year we come back and win a world's title. So, you know, there's a method to a madness. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, as Rob said, maybe the thought of shutting him down. Yes, he's a competitor, but at what risk do you continue putting him out there if he's not 100% behind a very poor offensive line? The Rams defeat the Colts in overtime, 29-23. Competitive game. Matthew Stafford and company go to one and two, excuse me, two and two. And the Colts also with that same two and two record. Right here where I'm at, the Fighting Baker Mayfields on the road. And, of course, New Orleans, they win 26-9. Baker Mayfield had a clutch TD pass. Of course, Chris Godwin. And they win 26-9. The Buccaneers don't look now, sitting at 3-1, 2-0 in the division. And everybody happy with Baker Mayfield. Kirk Cousins and company on the road. A game that went back and forth, seesawed. He threw a 99-yard interception, 21-3, though. The Vikings find a way to win their first game, Panthers 0-4. The Chargers at home win 24-17. No Jimmy G in this one. And, of course, the Chargers look good, improve the 2-2. Raiders fall the 1-3. And And a lot of people questioning Josh McDaniels as a head coach. Many people, the whispers are he's not that guy. Elsewhere, the Dallas Cowboys with – Probably one of the worst, if not the worst, defeat of the Patriots in their team's history under Bill Belichick. 38-3, Rob. This was not only a beatdown, it was an embarrassment for the Patriots. Mac Jones gets pulled for Brady Zappi. Your thoughts on the Patriots, 1-3. It's a lost year, it looks like, right now. And he saw Bill Belichick's face yesterday. He looked like he was saying to himself, why am I here? Your thoughts on the Pats? Yeah, I think, and the thing is, is we all know the main reason why he's still coaching. And obviously, at one point, he thought he was going to try and win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady, but it's pretty clear that's not going to happen. We know a big reason he's still coaching is because he's trying to pass Don Shula. And in Patriots, uh, Patriot culture, the Patriot way, the thing is, is players aren't playing for stats, players aren't playing for accolades. So, why are coaches being able to coach for accolades? So, this is just the thing with. Um, Bill Belichick they're never going to fire him and I still think he's a very good coach in the NFL he's still the one of the best game day coaches at coming up with a weird game plan that takes advantage of your strengths and takes them away and makes you play to your weaknesses more than your strengths because that's what Belichick does and he's still kept the it's the ship's mostly been afloat and Mac Jones has been a big part of that struggle I don't think he's a great quarterback but for Bill Belichick I just wonder for the Patriots, it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere. They're never going to be terrible with Bill Belichick, but they're never going to be really good anymore unless they happen to land an elite quarterback somehow, and I still don't know how he'll work with them and how he'll get offensive pieces around that quarterback. So it's a weird situation. Bill Belichick's still a good head coach in this league, but I do believe one of the only main reasons he's coaching is to pass Don Shula, and you just have to wonder at this point, how long is that going to work with the New England Patriots? Because that's not what they do. They want to win and make progress. Bill Belichick, it's, it seems like it's just going to be losing seasons, the combinations of Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. And he still has a ways to go, and we'll follow that. But the Pats get drilled by the Cowboys yesterday. And, of course, that sets up the 49ers-Cowboys this week. Should be an amazing game. Speaking of the 49ers, he went 35-16 over the Cardinals. And this one... Uh, Christian McCaffrey may be uh, one of your MVP candidates early. He ran for 106 yards on 20 carries, three touchdowns on the ground. And what did he do in the air, of course, was able to receive the ball seven times, 71, one touchdown, four touchdowns on the day for McCaffrey. Rob, I don't play fantasy. I know you do. But if he had number 23 in your fantasy team, you walk away pretty happy, I'm thinking. 
Yeah, it's it's an incredible fantasy day. The receiving touchdown. The only thing would be better if he had thrown a touchdown, which he did do last year. So Christian McCaffrey is kind of a do-it-all kind of guy, one of the best players in the league, and he's one of these guys that when he's healthy, because he has had some health issues, but in the last in the last year or so, he's he's kept uh, he's kept upright, and he is an absolute weapon for the 49ers, which they have a couple of those. And him and Debo Samuel are just two guys that are so versatile. They're not just great at their position as wide receivers and running backs. They're versatile running the ball and can do many things. So for the 49ers, it's just more of the same. They look very good. Their defense looks good. The Cardinals made a bit of a comeback, but they halted that because the Cardinals are a bit of a feisty team. And the car and the uh, 49ers look like maybe the best team in the NFL. And of course, last night we said uh, at the start of today's Sports King show, the win last night by the Chiefs 23-20 wasn't what the Jets had hoped for. And of course, betters all over the world uh, cried as Patrick Mahomes takes a knee at the one yard line to run out the clock. 23-20 is your final there in terms of that game. Very much an exciting game. Rob, I'm becoming a fan of Taylor Swift, but is it me or is every commercial on television involve either Taylor Smith or Travis Kelsey? I think they got the market on that as well. And then, oh, by the way, last night, there was this big promotion of Taylor Swift's songs and to promote her movie upcoming, the Eras movie, of course, that we're talking about right now. She definitely needs us to take up a collection. I don't know if she'll be able to afford any steaks in the fridge. Rob, your thoughts about the saturation of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Yeah, this is. Uh, it's. I, I'm not. I'm. I don't know their personal life. I don't know if they're actually together, but it doesn't seem real legitimate because yeah. because they're both getting so much out of it. And it, as annoying as it may be to some people, and I really don't really have thoughts on it. I'd rather not think about it. But for them, kudos to them. I mean, they're just taking advantage of a market that's going to help them out. The NFL obviously wants to help promote her and she's going to help promote them don't be shocked if she is a super bowl artist next year or somehow gets added this year do not be shocked if she is more involved with the nfl because this has been a great marketing thing for her and for travis kelsey it has been too like you said he's been on multiple commercials so this is just uh, one of those things one of the stories of the year so far hopefully the football like it did last night i love what mike tarico said sorry taylor swift we've got a good football game going on we can't pan to you every second yeah and here's the deal uh she has done an amazing job her team's done amazing marketing travis kelsey has they both are flourishing under this relationship or lack of relationship but it is something fans have to get used to in the nfl hey, they're going to show as much of her as they can because her popularity drives everything through the roof financially, and tickets went as high a price as any in recent memory for Jets games. So uh, NFL wins, everybody wins, and I know you may not be happy with all the light on Taylor Swift, but at this point you're going to see more of it as the NFL is very happy with the results and all the Swifties watching the game. Tonight, the Seahawks on the road at the G-Men, MetLife Stadium, another primetime game at MetLife. The G-Men 1-2, and two, Seahawks 2-1. and one. We've talked about this. Give me the Seahawks, and I'll give, uh, of course, the 1.5 over under 47. Uh, I'm not big and not high on this Giants team. I'll take the Seahawks, even though I don't really trust them. Wouldn't put a lot on this one, but I'll take the Seahawks to win. Rob, you? Yeah, this isn't one that I feel incredibly great about, but I do like the Seahawks better in this one. The Giants, they have not looked good this season. They kind of were one of these teams a few people thought were going to continue to grow, but many, many believed that they were going to pull back. I think last year they started the year 6-2 and two in that 9-9, nine and nine, 
I believe they went 9-7-1 and because they did tie a game against the Commanders. They went 9-7-1 and last year. They started 6-2, and and they obviously got off to a really great start. Saquon Barkley was running all over the yard, but teams started to kind of figure out what Dayball was doing with this offense and how he was kind of handicapping Daniel Jones. I kept bringing that up. People said that he had his best season. No, his best season, yes, it was his best season, but his best season was because his coach took throws away from him. He took plays away from him because he knows he will turn the ball over. Yes, Daniel Jones could run as well as any quarterback in this league outside of Lamar Jackson, and he can make some throws, but the thing is, is he can really turn the ball over. He'll fumble the ball. He can throw interceptions, so that's what they did last year. They kind of put training wheels back on Daniel Jones, and this offense is going to always be limited because of that, and this Giants team is going to be limited because of that. So I'm taking the Seahawks in this one. I like their wide receiver core, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. They've got some nice players. Obviously, Kenneth Walker to the third at running back. They've they've got some nice offensive pieces, and their defense hopefully can keep up with that offense because it is rolling that Seahawks offense. Absolutely, and that is tonight. And, of course, turn our attention to college football, the top 25 action over the weekend. Friday night, Utah number 10 against number 19, Oregon State at Oregon State. And they won. Oregon State did the Beavers 21-7 over Utah. And now both are at 4-1 and one in the Pac-12. The one thing I took away from this game was no Cameron Rising. Kyle Winningham has been doing it with smoke and mirrors, trying to keep these guys afloat offensively. You lose your top guy in Cameron Rising. They can't wait for him to get back quick enough. I know they were trying to get out of there with a win. In Corvallis, they could not do it. Uh, your thoughts on DJ Ugalali and Oregon State in this one? A little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise. Um, like you said, I think the biggest thing is Cameron Rising wasn't playing. That's I think that makes a difference. But this Utah offense was struggling in general. This I made the point that Utah is the one team in the Pac-12 that plays defense. I obviously did not do my homework in my research. Oregon State does as well. So while so many teams are lighting it up and most Pac-12 games are like USC and Colorado, we saw one that was uh, an old-fashioned kind of game between Oregon State and Utah. Again, that was 7 nothing at the half. You don't see that often in football anymore. Absolutely. Going through the top 25, Georgia defeated Auburn on the Plains 27-20. Auburn had their chances, could have won this one, and they pushed Georgia to the brink. I'm going to say it right now. This is not your regular Georgia. Yes, they're dominant. Yes, they've won two in a row. Somebody's going to get these guys. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. They will not go undefeated. There's some cracks in the foundation. Rob, your thoughts on this one? A tough place to play. Always Hugh Freeze was ready. Auburn falls 3-2, and two, Georgia 5-0, and oh, but it was a closer game than many thought. Yeah, it's like you said, it's a tough place to play, and remember, this is the oldest rivalry, as they say, in college football, the uh, old South rivalry between Georgia and Auburn, so these games can always randomly be tough, but like you said, Georgia... They've obviously won all of their first couple of games. I believe they had played four before now. They they had looked really good, especially against UAB, Ball State, and UT Martin. The scores look really good, but they got off to slow starts in all those games. They would be 0-0 going to the second quarter. And then South Carolina, they were down by 14, or 14-3 to at one point, I believe, was the score. So they've shown signs against bad teams that they kind of maybe are sleepwalking a bit, and maybe they're just not quite as talented as they've been in the past. So... It almost caught up to them against Auburn, but once again for Auburn, their quarterback play is abysmal. Absolutely. Other games of note, Texas defeated Kansas 40-14, to remain undefeated at 5-0. and Michigan and Nebraska, Michigan wins big 45-7. to Big Red having all kinds of problems at home at Rule and Company fall to 2-3. and Penn State, uh, early problems with Northwestern, very pesky. 
but Penn State pulls away late, 41-13. Washington out of the Pac-12 defeats Arizona, competitive game, 31-24. And, Rob, got to get your thoughts. USC, uh, we said it would be a competitive game in terms of the back-and-forth Caleb Williams, Shadur Sanders. It looked big early for USC. Shadur Sanders, the company, fight back valiantly, fall 48-41, but six touchdowns by Caleb Williams. Is this your Heisman winner again, Rob, or do you you have anybody else you want to give it to? I know Bo Nix is somebody we're keeping our eye on. I think it's going to be determined, I think, that going to Notre Dame, how he performs that game against that Utah tough defense, against Michael Penix Jr., uh, against Washington, and against Bo Nix. Caleb Williams, I believe, is the front runner, not only because of his performance, but he has the most chances to prove himself. It's Funny, he finally threw an interception, Jamie. He had gone over 20 touchdown passes without throwing an interception. And if he had just set his feet on that throw, it probably would have been a touchdown. But rely on your talent a bit too much. But for USC, I don't see a national title season out of this season. In fact, the playoffs might not happen again because that defense is not good. I know Shador Sanders is a good quarterback. He's probably going to be a first-round pick, and that's a good Colorado offense. But that USC defense let down the offense. Caleb Williams had an incredible performance outside of that one singular play, and that USC defense yet again, after a couple of nice plays, just giving up yardage after yardage and touchdown after touchdown. Two days after my birthday, on November 11th, I've circled this one, folks. You need to circle it as well. The Trojans on the road at Oregon, Autzen Stadium. No time yet on this one. This one is going to be spectacular. I've got Bo Nix and company winning this one because they're a better all-around team than USC in terms of their lines. I just think Oregon is ready. They've got USC at home. I think everything's going to work to their advantage. This could be the Heisman Trophy game here if Bo Nix outplays Caleb Williams. We'll see how that goes. But a tremendous matchup coming circle November 11th. Elsewhere, of course, Oregon wins 42-6 to over Stanford. Uh, four second-half TDs from, of course, Bo Nix and company. In a game that uh, we had, uh, Notre Dame wins uh, 21-14 over Duke. Um, Sam Hartman with a big drive late. Uh, of course, Austin Riley played well, but... One of the classiest things I've ever seen, and it was reported a lot of people didn't talk about it because of what happened after this game, but seeing Austin Riley injured in the blue tent, Sam Hartman stood outside of the blue tent just holding his helmet at full uniform, didn't go to the locker room, waited outside just to greet Austin Riley and wish him well. I thought one of the classiest things I've seen in sports. Your thoughts? Yeah, that was a great moment. Obviously, Sam Hartman had a health scare as well as an injury during his career, so he knows exactly what it's like to have games and almost at one point his career taken away from him. So just showing the cool moment of a quarterback fraternity, that they all know what the other quarterbacks do to prepare for each game, and they know what they put their bodies through. So he was there to support him. Yeah, absolutely. Alabama wins 40-17. Don't look now. The Tide 4-1, and one, but they're not the great Tide team of the past. We'll see how it ends up for them. In a game that was shocking in terms of the total output, Ole Miss and LSU and nearly 800 yards plus for Ole Miss on the offensive side of the ball. They were spectacular, winning 55-49. Ole Miss fans rushed the field and they defeated LSU 20, number 20 over number 13. And as we close out today's Sports King show, Big Al will have a lot more coming up on his show on Sports Phone. Tennessee defeated South Carolina 41-20. Kentucky impressive at home. They're now 5-0. Watch the Wildcats. And, of course, Florida loses that one 33-14. And that is going to wrap up the show. Also, 
Big Al will have, of course, more on the Ryder Cup. Major disappointment for the U.S. The Europeans win that one. So a huge weekend. The Commanders lose, but a valiant comeback. And, of course, last night it was the KC Chiefs World Champs winning by three. Big Al will have that and much more to cover all the sports over the weekend with South Beach Rob. He'll be with Al coming up two hours, 8 to 10. Thank you for joining us on this Monday, October 2nd. Hope you have a great month of October. And we're off to a flying start. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you here bright and early tomorrow, 7 a.m. Have a great day. Big Al's Sports Phone is next. 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106.1 106